This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. We have a little additional bonus episode this week heading into the New York City Marathon. We have a new sponsor joining the podcast for the next 10 weeks, and that is Purina Pro Plan Sport, a dog food formulated to fuel your adventures. Pro Plan Sport gives your dog the strength and stamina they need to take on your extraordinary life together. Go to ProPlansport.com to find the right sport formula for your dog or visit the Pro Plan booth at the New York City Marathon Expo to learn more. So this episode is with a really awesome woman, Dr. Ruthann Lobos. She is a veterinarian, works for Purina Pro Plan, and she's a runner. She serves as the senior veterinarian for Nestle Purina Pet Care, and she is a Boulder resident, so you know she's doing all the outdoorsy stuff. She spends her time running marathons. She's an avid triathlete. She's run Boston three times, completed more than 25 marathons, and she also has served as an official pace group leader for the Austin Marathon four times. She's completed three half Ironmans, And let's just say she has a love for running and animals. She has an eight-year-old yellow Labrador retriever, Finn. And I got to say, if you've been following this podcast for a while and followed me on Instagram at all, you know that we lost our dog, Cadence, uh, in December. And we'd had her for 14 years. And so that was really hard. So I definitely have a lot to say about Cadence in this episode. I couldn't have an episode about dogs without bringing our wonderful dog Cadence into the conversation. I know a lot of you are dog lovers though, and I hope that you find this uh, conversation enjoyable. Dr. Ruthann Lobos, she gives us some really great insight on ways to train with your dog and how to fuel your dog for being an adventure-seeking animal. Uh, I learned a lot in this episode and I hope you do too. All right, friends. Well, I hope you enjoy getting to know Dr. Ruthann. I hope you learn a thing or two about running with dogs and nutrition for dogs. And again, if you are at the New York City Marathon, check out their booth, Purina Pro Plan at the Expo. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Dr. Ruthann. Hey, friends. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Ruthann Lobos on the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ruthann. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to get to know a little bit more about your story. Um, let's kick off this. How many marathons have you run? Um, I I don't even remember now at this point, which sounds, I don't know, sounds terrible to say, but I started running marathons um, back in 2004. I think I ran my first one in Austin, Texas, and then I've run a bunch um, pretty much every year since then. I've done Boston a few times, um, New York once, and Chicago twice. Um, But I think my favorite part now about running marathons um, is being able to be an official pacer. So I've I've led the pace group for the Austin Marathon um, four times. And to me, that is just so fun to be able to help people get to their goals and still do something that I'm so passionate about. What pace group do you normally pace? 
Yes. Um, I've either done either the 350 or the 355. Oh, so I love just that. under that four-hour threshold where people are trying to crack that. Uh, oh, that, mark. that is so fun, <laughs> and that feels like for me. I feel like that would feel like a a really comfortable pace where I can like talk the whole time and encourage people. <laughs> are you a chatty pacer? Um, I I try to read my audience, so we're usually pretty chatty at the beginning, and then like listening to their breathing or other conversations that either are tapering off. I might pepper something in, um, but try to try to be, you know, kind of that in between where I'm not going to overwhelm them and make them so irritated that I can talk and they may be struggling, yeah. uh, but yet be encouraging for them too. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your history with work as a veterinarian. Yeah. So I was in private practice, so small animal practice for about two and a half years. And then I had the opportunity to come over and interview at Nestle Purina. And I, you know, I, at first I was like, oh, you know, well, this could be kind of a a cool deviation from the normal veterinary route, but I'm just, I'm not sure how really passionate I would be about pet nutrition. I I knew I'd been an athlete my whole life, played basketball and volleyball and and all of that, um, and then got into distance running in veterinary school. Um, and, but I was like, ah, how exciting can this really be for our pets? How, how much is this going to really fuel my passion? Um, and I just fell in love. Um, so I will have been with Purina. Um, it'll be 18 years at oh, the wow. end of November. Um, so if you're, if you're doing the math or your listeners are doing the math, I, I started when I was about 15. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I've just, I've really just fallen in love with the ability to help, you know, pet parents understand that a lot of our dogs are athletes, even if their job is to hold down the sofa every day or be a professional snuggler. Um, but really that giving them the information that they need um, to make really the best decisions for their pets at home and, and really to be able to see food as fuel for their canine athletes or hiking buddies or however their pet um, really plays a role in enriching their lives. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> we can't have this conversation without me talking about my dog who passed away in December. I saw that. Oh, and that, I know it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, we had her for, um, well, we got her in 2009 and we think she was around one when we got her. So okay. um, we had her for three years before we had my first son. And um, I don't even know what she was like a total mutt, right? We got her at the Humane Society. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, back in the day, we ran her so much. I mean, she would run like 10 miles with us. And on days where we didn't have the opportunity to run her, we would like hop on the bike and she would run next to, you know, we'd hold the leash while we rode the bike and she to get her like a quick two or three miles in (laughs) because when she was that young, she needed that exercise or else she'd like be so hyper in the house. Um, But I have to be honest, we never really thought too much about her nutrition. We just like fettered the dog food and like you know what I mean like we didn't overthink it and then as she got older you know she died of old age really but I don't really know like if her you know joints were really bad things like that so I'm just curious like how I could have educated myself better to make sure hey if we have this like super active dog how could I have made sure I was feeding her the proper food 
Yeah. And, and I, you know, definitely don't fault yourself. I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of change that has happened in how we look at our pets. Um, you know, we, we kind of have a saying where it's like, well, they went from kind of wandering around the neighborhood to being in our backyard, yeah. to being in our house, to, you know, being sometimes in our beds. Right. And our children now, too. Like, yeah, they're like, exactly. they're like our, third, our fifth child really. <laughs> right. Um, and now, you know, I'm based out of Boulder, Colorado, which is one of the most pet friendly um, cities in America. And sometimes when I'm walking, I have to look and say, you know, is that a, is that a dog in the stroller or is that a human <laughs> in the stroller? Um, so certainly there's been, you know, a whole evolution on how our relationship is with our pets. Um, from what my perspective, selfishly as a veterinarian, I, I love. Um, but so, and with that comes, you know, just kind of a, a, a broadened understanding of really what they need. And especially, you know, these active breeds. So I have a, a hard charging yellow Labrador named Finn, who Aww. is, he's eight. Um, and we got him, he was adopted as well. And so we got him, he was about a little more than two. And um, same way as Cadence, where it was just like, okay, we have to, you know, he landed in a good home where it was like, we are an active family. Yes. So we got him the activity that he needs. Um, but, you know, because if he doesn't, I like to say he would um, make bad choices. So <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> whether that's eating socks or chewing up things. Um, and so really, you know, taking kind of my knowledge as what I needed as a human athlete and an endurance runner and all of that and really focusing that lens on our dogs as endurance athletes uh, because that's the way they are metabolically wired. Um, they are, you know, kind of DNA um, set up for endurance activities. And then so looking, you know, in the same sort of nutritional philosophies apply to them as they do to us with with a little bit of tweaking. So one of the things, certainly, you know, protein is so important for us in maintaining our muscles and our um, healthy skin and our immune system. And the same is, is for our dogs too, where they need that, um, that support to, you know, keep them moving. Um, things like omega-3 fatty acids. I think, you know, we all kind of know the importance of fish oil and how that's good for our joints and our skin and all of that. And, and the same is, for our dogs. So doing things, especially our active dogs, to help to support um, their joints and, and keep them as active and, and feeling good as long as possible. Uh, but I would say kind of the one difference between humans and um, our endurance athlete dog partners is they are what we call preferential fat burners. So they really, they use fat as their fuel for endurance versus us, we use glycogen and that stored glucose. That's why we all love to carb load before races or, or big long runs and things like that. Um, so really making sure that they have a diet that is um, high in protein, but that also is high in fat will mm. set their metabolism up for success. I, why can't we burn the fat? I know, right? <laughs> I, want, I want that. <laughs> I don't know if that would be better like to run faster, but just like in my life right now, I want that. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so you adopted your dog. Yep. So this is kind of going off track a little bit, but like ev okay. <laughs> eventually we want to get another dog. We're like pacing ourselves, right? Like, sure. Kate decided yep. in December, like, you know, crazy four kids. Um, but I, I know my boys would just, oh, they would love it. 
And I do want <laughs> to um, adopt a dog. I don't want to like go through a breeder or anything. However, <laughs> I know everybody's all about getting these dogs that don't shed. And after spending 14 years of my life cleaning up dog hair all over my house, <laughs> man, I don't want to do that again. So do you have suggestions for that? <laughs> like I want to adopt a dog that doesn't shed, but like, I don't want to be discriminatory to the shedding dogs because they're great too. Right. <laughs> I feel bad. Right. I know in our house, we call it fin glitter. So there is yep. fin glitter uh-huh. that is all over, all over the house. Um, but I think that's one of the really cool things. So one of the kind of arms uh, within the Purina family is called Pet Finder. And so oh, you cool. petfinder.com and you can go in there and you can put your criteria of kind of what you want, maybe how far you're looking to go to adopt a dog um, and those sorts of things. Because I really, you know, I know, you know, there's there's all kinds of perspectives on, you know, getting from a breeder versus adopting versus getting from a foster and all of that. And it really is like when, you know, I kind of like to be the advocate for the dog that is either being adopted or put into a new home um, of the fact that you want it to be a good fit. So, right. you know, with your four boys and your active lifestyle and all of that, like you do have some parameters, you know, which is totally normal and acceptable and you know and also know the benefit of having a pet in the family you know for for your kids and for yourself um so being able to put kind of those criteria in there um using you know it's kind of like a match system almost with pet finder um where they you can go in and you can you know you can think do things like put in i don't want a long-haired dog or something like that so that um it keeps you in a good place with the dog <laughs> and has the benefit, um, you know, for, for your kids and for, you know, the four-legged that you're bringing into your family. Oh, man. Cadence just shaking her head up in dog heaven like, <laughs> whatever. I was the best dog ever and you know it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this has been hard, though, losing her for my my oldest son, especially. Sure. We yeah. have, have you heard of this website called Petsy's? I have not. No. So, so they create a dog that looks like a stuffed animal that looks exactly like your dog. Oh, like you send yeah. them pictures. And um, so Marshall has this dog that looks exactly like Cadence. <laughs> and to a point where it's like a little bit creepy. Like you walk into the room and the stuffy's like <laughs> sitting on the bed. And I'm like, oh, wait, Cadence is actually no longer with us. This is really right. creepy. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, losing a pet, like this is the first pet I've lost as an adult. And it's been, it's sometimes you just get this like gut punch, like, Oh, she's gone. You know, it's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understand. And especially, um, you know, coming home when you're used to coming home to somebody who is so excited to see you and they, you know, you're like, I've only been gone for 15 minutes, but at least you're excited to see me again. And, and then to have that, you know, kind of, um, that hole or that missing piece that's there. Yeah. I, I, totally uh am with you on that front it is it is hard um but i also think it teaches our kids you know good resilience and and the importance of you know having um you know having a pet in your life and what they can bring to you and to your family and you know in the running space i know on my days um when i don't want to get out of bed and go running um you know finn is always ready to go um it doesn't matter if it is you know zero degrees outside and 
blowing snow um, or, you know, he's, you know, kind of just a, a more summer afternoon or something. If I get that leash, he is ready to go. So they can, you know, so having pets in their lives can also help to teach them some of those good life lessons too. How old is Finn? Uh, he's eight, so it's it's nice. He and Alexander, my son, I can oh. I can keep track of both of them. They're right at the same age. Oh my gosh! Okay, so you like to go fly fishing, like all these other things yeah. as well. <laughs> Will you tell me a little bit about fly fishing, really quick? Um, sure. <laughs> my husband, uh, my husband got me into it. Um, and even before we moved out here to Colorado, we were living in Austin, Texas before, and we would come out here and vacation. Um, and he, he fly fished, um, as a child, he grew up in, in rural Wisconsin, um, and then kind of started to pick it back up as an adult. And, um, it is, it is just, it's a very like, just kind of zen activity. Um, there really is, you know, when you're casting the line and you know, I'm gonna, he's gonna laugh at this, but going from 10 and two with your arm um, and really just landing it out there and being in with nature, um, it can be really frustrating if it's windy, but um, but just being out there and just kind of having that like zen activity um, is pretty fantastic. Oh, and you take your dog with you when you do that too. Yes, he is. It it's a it's a um, a test of patience for him. But he sits, <laughs> on, he sits on the bank and he's really good about it. Um, just watching and and we've taught him so that he doesn't you know jump in the river and disturb all of the fish and the you know amazing run or whatever it is that my husband is having me target uh, with the fly. <laughs> so, but it's also it's a great family activity. You know, Alexander's been coming along since um since he even before he could walk he would be in the little backpack um with my husband and so it was a a way to get us all outdoors together oh i love it so okay your job now because yeah. before you were were you working like in a um clinical setting Right. Yep. So I was I was in a small animal practice in a clinical setting. Um, and then with Purina, I've, I've worn a, a number of hats. Um, really, um, one of the big pieces that I've helped to contribute is we are partners with the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. So okay. it's a really long name, um, but it's basically it's the specialists who help the canine athletes um, and other dogs who, you know, get hurt for one reason or another. Um, and need to rehab from from that injury. One of the most common that we see are just like in people and our human athletes are the the torn ACL. Our dogs get that quite frequently. Wow. So yeah, so one of my roles is to really help to um, support that specialty college and better understand um, how we keep our dogs healthy long term, and then how do we help them if they have an injury recover, and really how nutrition plays a huge role in both keeping them active as as well as you know their um, their recovery process to make sure they've got the right building blocks um, to get back to good and all of that um, and then another role that I play um, is also is education so whether that is educating our pet parents or educating veterinarians or um, you know educating some of our store associates so if you go into a pet specialty store where pro plan is sold and you're talk to you're talking talking to somebody um, who works there in the aisle, that they can have a richer, deeper conversation about nutrition um, and get something that is just right for the needs and 
and desires of you and your pet. <laughs> okay. So when we had Cadence, we would just like yep. put our food out in a bowl and like <laughs> when it was empty, we'd fill it up. Like it wasn't like, she wasn't one of those dogs that was like an overeater. She just kind of like ate when she wanted. Sure. Well, I was dog sitting. Um, we've been dog sitting a lot because we don't have Cadence anymore. And like the neighbors all kind of pitch in with each other. And um, this woman I was dog sitting for, I mean, she had a schedule. <laughs> and I was like, this is actually really great though, right? Like, but those dogs knew exactly what the schedule was. I would go over and let them out of their crate, give them their food. Then we'd go outside. Like everything was like, or I'd go outside, then do the food. Like everything was like um, dinner time bedtime and um I was like oh maybe we should have had like feeding times because now all these dogs that I've dog sent they have like times that they eat and I don't you know what this might be um why I can handle having four chaotic boys running around like I think that the way I fed my dog was is similar to how I feed my family and the structure of our family um but can you go into that a little bit like is there a structure we should have and then if the dog is going to run like five miles with you like does it affect them like it affects us if they eat right before yeah, yeah. So one, I think Cadence is um, a partial unicorn because there okay. are <laughs> there are very few dogs out there um, who do what we call self-regulate, where it's oh, like, okay. oh, you know, so like I, I think about it for my own self. Like if there is a bowl of candy that is sitting out uh-huh. on the island in our kitchen, I will take a piece every time I walk by. Yeah. But if it's not there and it's out of sight, I'm, I don't even think about it, um, which is the same kind of with our dogs. Like if it's if the bowl of kibble is sitting out there, a lot of times they will and people keep filling it back up. They will yeah. keep eating. Yeah. <laughs> and and really like we um, we know know that if we keep our dogs lean, that they can live almost 1.8 years longer. So Mm. um, Purina did a study where we had Labrador Retriever puppies. There were 48 of them and they got split into two groups and one group got to eat as much as they wanted um, three times a day. And then the other group got 25% fewer calories than their litter mate did the day before. And it was, it turned into what we call the lifespan study now. So it was a 14 year study. And what we found is at the at the end of that 14-year study, the, the dogs who were restricted fed or 25% fewer calories were consumed, they lived almost 1.8 years longer than their paired litter mate did. And they had fewer thing, fewer diseases and conditions like arthritis and diabetes and hypothyroidism and all the things that we know can shorten the quality of life for our dogs. So, um, so first and foremost, like, keeping them lean um, is is going to set them up for a lifetime of success. Um, so Cadence was, again, a unicorn in being I able guess. to keep herself in, in good body condition. Wow. Um, and then and then secondly, you know, certainly just like a lot of people, our dogs do thrive on routine and boundaries and, and things like that. So, you know, so getting them set up on a routine, but also not having a routine can be a routine yeah, <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense you know um so oftentimes kind of switching from you know you know free feeding or or not having a scheduled um feeding time to 
putting them in a meal time can oftentimes be a little bit of a struggle. Um, it's not impossible. We have it, you know, we, I find success in that all the time. Um, but um, certainly, you know, kind of any sort of major change like that could be, take a little bit of adjustment um, for our dogs. But certainly from a timing perspective, just like you mentioned, like if they're going to go for a run um, or like, I usually run at oh dark thirty um, with my my mom pod of of oh, friends because um, it. <laughs> it's the only time we know we can make sure we can get our run in and we also you know solve all the world's problems mm-hmm. and um, you know help each other marriage counseling family counseling all of that when we're on our runs um, so when you know with that you know I don't want to feed Finn you know, right before we're going to go run. Um, it One, it can be, if we think about like Thanksgiving dinner, none of us like to go run, go for a run after we eat our delicious Thanksgiving dinner with that <laughs> food, you know, the food baby in our belly. Um, and the same is for our dogs. Um, you know, certainly giving them the opportunity to digest the food that we gave them ahead of time. So that way it's kind of like, I like to use the analogy of, it's kind of like filling up the tank in your in your car if you're going to leave the next morning on a long road trip you know typically we top off the gas tank the night before so we can just get out the door and go um so the same thing with our dogs is if we you know you want to feed them if they're if you know you're an early morning runner or an early morning hiker or whatever you know kind of activity that's happening early in the day for you giving them their meal their bigger portion of their meal the night before is going to allow them to absorb all those nutrients from the food, um, all that good protein and fat and um, and fish oil and all of that to set them up for success so that in the morning they are ready to go and get out the door with you. So you take him on your early, early morning runs. Yeah. Yeah. He's also my protector. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm happy sure. to say, I'm happy to say, you know, that's, I, I sometimes worry more about, you know, the, um, the raccoons that are going to scare me to death. Um, yeah. But he's always, he's always good to have by my side as, as just a little bit extra security when it's uh, dark out before the sun has come up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So but when you meet your friends though, like, do you all live close and you all just kind of like run a mile to meet mm-hmm. up with each other? What does that look like? Yeah, it, it kind of depends. We are, we're, we're a little bit spread out. So oftentimes we'll, we'll find a place to drive to, uh, to uh-huh. meet in the middle. Um, yeah. or we'll go over or we'll alternate where we, you know, some of us will drive over to one, one house it, one morning and then over to the others when we're looking to kind of mix up the terrain or whatever uh-huh. it is that we're running on. <laughs> so it sounds like Purina Pro is like big in the like athlete dog market. Like, is this <laughs> like, You know what I mean, though? Like, I don't notice a lot of dog food brands, like, focusing on, like, the athlete dog. Is this the specialty (laughs) here? Yeah, so certainly pro plan in general, um, I like to use the analogy of it's like the F1 car um, within our Purina portfolio. Uh, So it's got, you know, there's a lot of that technology and um, research that goes into that kind of cutting edge nutrition and um, and then pro plan sport, which is is what I feed Finn, um, is very much focused on that, you know, that athletic dog. But I would also say that, you know, every dog depending, you know, is an athlete of some sort. So certainly, you know, we're looking more towards, um, you know, with its 
ProPlan Sport with its refined nutrition of that 30% protein and 20% fat is really focused on, again, fueling that canine athlete. Um, but that said, uh, we also used to have a French, French Bulldog. We just lost him um, back in May. And he, he would also eat the ProPlan Sport oh, okay. because... His job, um, besides holding down the sofa and being a professional <laughs> snuggler, um, but he was a sprinter. So he would chase the bunnies in our backyard um, and all of that. And, and so he, obviously being smaller, but also a little less active uh, than Finn, he just got a smaller quantity of, of the same pro plan sport. What about as the dogs age, though? Like, would they switch off of that? Because obviously, like in Cadence's last couple years, like she was not running with us. She didn't, sure. she, she didn't have the energy to, she didn't really want to. She was at the phase where she wanted to lay around a lot and, you know, at the most yeah. we would take her <laughs> walk around the, I mean, she was like an old lady. Sure, so do you, do sure. you switch, do you switch the type of food that you would feed them at that age? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends. So ProPlan Sport is um, is good for what we call all life stages. So you can feed it to puppies. You can feed it to adults. Um, there technically is no um, official designation of senior food. Um, okay. And that's usually because there's so many things that can go on with our senior dogs um, and senior cats, for that matter. Don't want to forget them. I know we're focused Aww. on dogs today, but there <laughs> there's cat? cats out there too. We don't right now, no. Okay. Um, um, but, um, so, you know, so because things can happen later in life, they can get different, you know, different conditions, whether that's diabetes or something happens with their liver or their kidneys or things like that, that may not be, you know, ending their life, but certainly can affect how the type of, you know, the particular nutrition that you want to feed them. Um, so one of the things that is super important for our senior dogs is um, that they have a good level of protein. So our senior dogs will get um, less efficient at what I call protein turnover. So that means taking the protein from their food and turning it into the proteins in their bodies. So things like their muscle and their skin and their hair coat and their immune um, antibodies and things like that. So that's why sometimes you'll notice like in senior dogs, their hair will feel a little bit more brittle and or they may be more susceptible to other diseases that they would otherwise have been able to fight off when they were younger, um, just because there's changes that happen again on how they absorb uh, those that protein from from their food. So you want to make sure that you've got a good protein level in that senior food. Um, the other thing, and and this isn't the technology in ProPlan Sport, but we have a um, a formula called ProPlan Bright Mind where it uses uh, botanical oils. So um, the medium chain triglycerides from sources like coconut oil and things like that. Um, and it's actually been shown to help with mental sharpness and awareness in our senior dogs. So we'll sometimes notice, and I still um, I still do relief work, so I'm a substitute veterinarian in, in, cl in, in clinics, um, you know, a couple of days a month. And so when I'm talking to um, the clients that come in with their senior dogs, you know, they'll oftentimes they'll mention, oh, well, he just, you know, he, he doesn't seem to really know where he is sometimes, or he gets lost in the house, or he's pacing at night. And we, we see some of those changes that happen in our senior dogs in their, um, kind of in how their brain functions. And that's one of the things that ProPlan Bright Mind can help with, with oh. that, those medium chain triglycerides. 
um, is to help just serve as an energy source for their aging brain. And so oftentimes they get a little peppier and they've it's got good research to, to show how it really does help with their mental sharpness and awareness in their senior years. Wow. Yeah. Cadence used to pace at night. Yeah. And so it's kind of similar to like dementia in people. Um, There's a lot of similarity between the canine aging brain and, um, you know, the human brain with with dementia. And and we've actually, Purina's done a lot of partnering um, with some of the universities to really dive in a little bit deeper on understanding how we can use um, the lifespan of a dog, which you know, unfortunately is much shorter. I would love dogs to live for forever. Um, but we can, that can serve as a model for helping to better understand how we help the aging brain in, in humans. And so um, we've done some really great partnerships um, with different universities. I'm looking into that. So as a veterinarian, like, you know how like in, in, um, the human medical field, like you have like registered dietitians and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, when you're a veterinarian, like you're also a specialty on diet, nutrition, stuff like that. Like, do you refer dogs to different vets who might be specialized in those kinds of things? Or does every vet have a more broad, do you know what I'm saying? Am yeah. I, yep. I'm, I'm yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> so we do. So when we are in school, we do, you know, we take courses on um, basic nutrition, wellness nutrition, as well as, you know, how do you feed a cat with diabetes or how does nutrition help with dogs who have digestive issues and, and different kind of um, areas like that. And then they have um, what's called getting board certified. So there's a whole extra training um, that you can do. It's, usually involves like a year internship after your four years of vet school. Um, And then depending on what specialty you're going into, it'll either be two, three, or four years um, of a residency. And then you take boards after that. And then you can be, then you can be considered as a board certified, whether that's surgeon, dermatologist, nutritionist, um, sports medicine, and rehabilitationist. Um, So there's all basically any specialty that exists in human medicine pretty much exists in veterinary medicine. So even radiation oncology, regular oncology, um, regular radiology, all of that exists in the veterinary space as well. And so have you always leaned more towards like focusing on the nutrition side? Um, not initially. Uh, when I was in veterinary school, I was really focused on um, the surgery aspect of things. But then I did go on and get certified in um, canine rehabilitation, so which is kind of physical therapy for dogs, as well as veterinary acupuncture. So oh. I, I went that space. And then through my years with Purina and the extra training and education and all of that that I've gone through, I um, certainly have a, a heavy interest in nutrition. What is the strangest animal someone ever brought into you when you were at in practice? Um, the strangest one is a kinkajou. So, okay. and I was fresh out of veterinary school. I think I had graduated like three months earlier, and I was in a practice that saw small animals, um, so dogs and cats as well as exotics. And these people brought in, it was so funny. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. I don't yesterday. even know what it is. Right? And they were, the tech comes back into the office and he's like, um, we've got a kinkajou in room one that ate rat bait. And I'm like, I 
don't even know what a kinkajou <laughs> is. Um, so, so I quick get on the internet and do a search and they are, um, so I think it was Paris Hilton had one as a pet, okay. um, which I think she got in trouble for because they are <laughs> like exotic animals that you have to have license for mm. to have as a pet. Um, but uh, they look kind of like a lemur monkey. Um, so they're kind of a burnt orange color and they've got a pointy nose. They're nocturnal, uh, usually live in like South South America area and they have um, a prehensile tail. So, you know, the one that can grab onto things. And um, they're, you know, the little guy was super nice. I mean, he kind of clung <laughs> to my arm and I listened to his heart and I was like, I mean, we could run blood work on this guy, but I don't know that our machine is going to know what normal kinkajou blood work should look like. Um, so so we wound up just kind of helping to treat him like I would any other dog or cat who ate rat bait, which it interferes with how their um, red blood cells clot and their platelets work. So we, we have to give them some vitamin K. And so we did that and watched him for the rest of the day. And <laughs> they came to get him at the end of the day. And I never heard anything back from them. So I'm assuming I saved his life. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get you lifesaver. That's right. So Purina is going to be at the New York City Marathon. Yes. Y'all are partnered with them. Tell us what you do, yes. you're doing. I am so excited. So I will be, well, I'm, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I'm, I'm excited, but then it's also, I think going to be really hard to be there and not actually not run. be running. Um, because I think that was probably my favorite thus far of all my marathons. Cause it's just such an amazing way to be able to see all the five boroughs and, the crowds are just, they're so excited to see you as well, instead of being annoyed that the roads are closed. Yes. Um, but, what year did you run uh, it? Uh, 2011. Mm. And, um, but it was, you know, but we will be there. So ProPlan will be there at the expo. I will be in the booth um, over the weekend to answer any questions uh, that, that the human athletes may have about their canine athlete buddies that uh, probably helped train alongside them and, and get them to the start line um, and answer any other nutrition questions, even if they've got, you know, cats at home or whatever. Um, I'd be happy to answer their questions if they come by our booth at the expo. All right. Well, I am sad that I will not be in New York this year or else I would come by your booth. I'm I'm going to be at Monumental Marathon in Richmond. And I also didn't have work plans laid out yet. So I was like, I cannot leave my family another weekend, you know? Fair. Yep. Fair. Um, but you all are going to have so much fun in New York. And even if you can't run the race, like, will you be there race morning? We'll be, we'll be cheering on from yeah. the sidelines. Yes, yes, yes. You'll have to go down to Central Park. Um, okay, well, let's wrap up within a podcast. What is something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Ooh, um, well, there is, so there, this is going to sound totally nerdy, but, you know, based on what we've talked about, um, there is, a, there's this workshop that's up in Alaska um, that's coming up in January that I would love to go to because it's more about understanding the canine athlete. And then you also get to um, experience what it's like to ride on a, a sled behind sled dogs. And I just think that that will be just an amazing opportunity. Have you been to Alaska before? I have never. So oh. I'm like, 
Alaska in January um, might be a bit much, but I've got, you know, living here in Boulder, I've got lots of layers and lots of ways to mitigate cold. So, um, so I think I'll be all right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll be great. Uh, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Um, currently reading, it's a book of short stories called The Mouth, A Mouthful of Feathers. Um, so it's all about upland game hunting and just that kind of Zen experience that the dogs bring and open up a whole world of opportunity um, in their outdoor, out there in the wilderness. Love it. Um, who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you would like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Um, this is again going to sound super nerdy, but, and she lives here in Boulder, um, is Kara Goucher. Oh, <laughs> I love I'm that. like, I'm hoping one day I, I so have a, you know, a fangirl crush on her, um, that if I like bump into her at Whole Foods or something like that, that I would at least be able to say hello and, and keep myself somewhat composed. Well, I will tell you, cause she's a co-host on the Relay podcast with me and I've gotten to know her over the past couple of years. She is so nice and so genuine and she would she would be totally like chill and cool if you didn't bump into her at Whole Foods. And she'd probably That's be like, good to know. thank you so much for saying hi. Yeah, she's seriously <laughs> one of the nicest people. Um, love it, love it. What is your last message to leave with our audience today? Ooh, um, so the last message I would say is that, um, you know, People and pets are 100% better together. Mm -hmm. And I love that ProPlan gives us the opportunity to really fuel them for all of the adventures because I want to keep Finn by my side as long as possible. And with solid nutrition, um, I will set him up for success to do that. Thank you so much, Dr. Ruth Ann. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Dr. Ruth Ann, for coming on the show. Friends, again, go to ProPlanSport.com to find the right sport formula for your dog or visit the ProPlan booth at the New York City Marathon Expo to learn more. Thanks for being here, friends, and we'll see you Friday with another regular episode of All Have Another.